So I'm sure if you spoke to most parents, father, mother, and asked, what is it you would like from your children or like to see your children have in their lives? Many, I'm sure, would say success, a good job, a solid career. Some would say happiness, to find happiness, whether it be in marriage or other areas of your life. In my experience, now as a priest and as a spiritual father, particularly working with college students, if I was posed that question, oh, I think success and happiness would be important, I would say I would like to see my children develop into individuals who were wise, that had that gift of wisdom. We hear the word a lot, Our Lady of Wisdom. Hey, I'm going to Mass at Wisdom, or I'm going to hang out at Wisdom. But do we ever think about what the word wisdom means? What does it mean to be wise, particularly as young adults? Certainly we have a gift of the Holy Spirit that is called wisdom. But within the tradition of Scripture, there is something called the wisdom tradition, or the wisdom books. This comes a little bit later on in Jewish history, right before the time of Christ. And these are books written primarily, or partially at least, in Greek, not in the typical Hebrew, and very influenced by Greek and Hellenistic thinking, also by other sort of Mesopotamian ideas at the time. And they made their way into the canon of Scripture, considered to be inspired, at least by the church today. These are the books of Job, of Proverbs, of Ecclesiastes, books that talk about wisdom. And so, if I want to talk about our students, or my children being wise, wanting that for them, what exactly do I mean? So I'm going to look at two points that come from this wisdom tradition and also what we see in today's gospel where Christ talks about those wise and prudent virgins. The first characteristic or trait I'd like to see in my children who would be wise is the wise individual is prepared for life. In the book of wisdom or in the Proverbs in particular, you see a lot of very practical Proverbs about how to live, about how to choose a spouse, about how to manage a household, about how to deal with other aspects of your life. Very, very practical. Not that the spiritual is not important, but a wise person knows how to work and live on the human level. And of course, that's what I'd like to see. It's why we emphasize human formation so much. How to choose a major, how to choose a career, how to choose a spouse, how often how to avoid marrying the wrong person. These things are all very crucial when it comes to living our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. Of course we want to pray and find spiritual influence, but the wise person is going to know how to do this. The second characteristic that comes from the wisdom tradition is that a wise individual, or I would like to see my children grow to become wise and ask deep and important questions. You see this throughout all of the wisdom literature dealing with questions of the existence of God, of the nature of creation, of why there's suffering in the world, struggling with deep moral questions. We as Catholics are not fundamentalists. We do not believe in blind faith. There's the Latin quote from the early church, fides quarens intellectum, 
faith seeking understanding. We want our faith to inform everything we do, but we need to be willing to ask questions. And it's a joy for me as a priest and a spiritual father to be able to address questions that students pose to me, that you pose to me. I have a lot of times questions about creation and evolution and encouraging people to go look at the first few books of the Bible, Genesis 1 to 3, and to see there's not just one creation story, but two creation stories that come from different authors at different times and in fact contradict each other seemingly. And we realize we're not there to read this as an historical document, but the purpose the authors had were to tell deeper truths about the goodness of creation and God's own goodness. When it comes to dealing with suffering, the whole book of Job really deals with that question. Why does God allow suffering? We often have to learn to struggle with this idea of why a good God allows his children to suffering. And of course, all kinds of questions that deal with morality and very complex moral issues. We want to ask those questions and to go and search for answers. It's so easy to say, well, I disagree with the scriptures on this, or I disagree with the church on this, without really coming to try to understand why the church teaches what she does and to be able to struggle with these deeper questions. And third and finally, if we look at what a wise person is or what I hope a wise student would be, we see it in today's scripture. Not so much from the wisdom tradition, even though Christ would have been influenced by that. The wise person, or I desire the wise student to find and have an encounter with Jesus. And if he calls, to follow him in a radical way. Of course, this is not exactly what the parable is talking about. But we can take it and apply it to vocational discernment. The individuals who hear that call to follow Christ as a priest or consecrated or religious and are prepared to follow. Their lamps are lit. They have enough oil. And they're willing to say yes to Jesus. I've been very blessed in my time here to see over 50 young men and women respond to that call. Not everyone that have followed through, but they've gone to discern. And so we're going to be having four guys ordained in the priesthood next year. We have a number of young women this year willing to enter or feeling the call to enter to pursue a vocation to the religious life. This is a great sign of some wise individuals. Not that everybody's called, but that we can at least be open to the possibility that the Lord might be calling certain of us to follow him in that radical way. Those are the three points that I'd like to see, or I hope to see, in students as they graduate and move on in their life to be able to exhibit that wisdom in their own lives. There's one last thing that I'd like to talk about that sort of applies to wisdom, I think in my life, but in a certain sense, in all of our lives. The virgins in today's gospel were prepared when the bridegroom came because they had enough oil in their lamps. Last week, if you heard my homily, I talked a little bit about certain truths that people maybe don't know about priests. And one of them was that priests, just like everybody else, they worry about finances, about paying the bills, about providing financially for their children. I'm the same way as a priest, wanting to be able to pay the bills, to meet budget, to give the things necessary for a thriving campus ministry and parish. But the truth is, I've got to have enough oil 
to provide for the ministry, to keep the fires burning, to have students be prepared to move on in their lives and encounter Christ. I, as a pastor, cannot be like the foolish virgins who say, oh, I really don't care about finances. I really don't care about providing things financially for my students. I'm just going to go bum some money off of somebody else. Hey, foolish virgin, can I have some of your oil? Uh, smart vir virgin, can I have some of your oil? No, it's not the way it works. I've got to trust in the Lord, but take things into my own hand. And so, a big part of my own wisdom is learning to fundraise, to encourage people's generosity so we can continue the ministry and continue it growing. I rely on the generosity of others. Can't go take money and invest it into the stocks that I want to. Can't go be an Uber driver. I can't get a job on the side. And so that's why we choose every year during this homecoming week to do something a little special, to sort of engage those fundraising efforts to be able to encourage people to be generous and support the mission. This year, we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the building of the church and the student center. And so, as a result, we are making a ministry partner challenge. I think many of you may know this. A ministry partner are those individuals who support our ministry by giving monthly online. Some big amounts, some small amounts, but all of those gifts that recur do matter. And they're very prudent gifts, even though they may be small because they help us to budget for the next year, knowing a certain amount is gonna come in via the online gifts. We have over 200 people who do that now. So the challenge this week during the course of homecoming week is to have in honor of the 75th anniversary of the chapel, 75 new or increased ministry partners. I'm a ministry partner, many of you are also. But along with that, if you look in your pews, you're gonna see these little cards, these little invitations. We wanna make it a little funner. And so we come up with Friendsgiving Week. Thanksgiving is coming up, it's Friendsgiving Week, where, yeah, you can give more, or give or choose to become a giver, but we ask you to invite somebody else. <clears throat> Unlike the gospel, whenever the foolish versions ask the wise versions, the wise versions say, I can't help you. But if you invite someone else by sending them an email, by even mailing that card and saying, hey, I'm doing this, will you be willing to do it too? It goes a long way to being wise and helping the ministry. And then finally, as we often do during this week, Whatever is given this week, whether it be pledged through online gifts or given in the collections or even a one-time gift. And I know a lot of you like to give via Venmo. I think I encourage that too. That will be matched up to $27,000. We have $27,000 in seed money. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more seed money to push the challenge. So it goes a long way to help us meet our budget. This very, very match, important matching gift uh, ministry partner challenge week. And so I encourage you, fill out the form, go online to ragingcajuncatholics.org and you can click on donate. Also this week, all during uh, the week, we're gonna have different videos on social media. Some of them are pretty funny to encourage sharing and encouraging people to give and to support the ministry. So that's my encouragement, to be wise, to know exactly what the Lord wants in your life 
to master your own life and make prudent decisions, to ask the deep questions, to follow the Lord if he's calling, and to support the ministry which leads such a big and important impact on our church and on our community. Thank you.